Well, about a month ago, I wrote a column for 1819 News talking about homegrown Alabama courage. Uh, it was about a gentleman by the name of Greg Phillips, and I compared him to the great Albert Patterson, who Miss Amy Beth Shaver, who will be joining me on the podcast today, wrote an incredible article talking about how he was killed standing up to corruption. Well, um, the need for that homegrown Alabama courage is because we have homegrown Alabama corruption. That's what we're talking about today. Two big Alabama corruption stories, one in the legislature, the other in the media. Um, we're going to talk about that, and then we dive into the Respect for Marriage Act. You guys don't want to miss it. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast, where we are pursuing a free and flourishing Alabama each and every week. We've got a great episode for you today, but before we jump into that, I got to ask you guys, I got to ask you to join the fight. We need you to join the fight. People, since our inception, when this was an idea, to when we begin to publish and print and create podcasts, people said, how can we support what you're doing? This is incredible. We love the work you're doing. We love the courage you're showing, exposing corruption, saying the things that everyone's thinking. How can we support you guys? Well, now the opportunity is there to become an 1819 member. And you get access to special content. You'll get merch based on the level you sign up at. But it's not about the exclusive content. It's not about the merch. It's about you guys joining the fight and helping us, uh, helping to support us financially because at the end of the day, um, that is the proper revenue structure for a media outlet for the people is revenue coming from the people. And so we're setting that up. That is the future of 1819 News. That is our future revenue model. And we need you guys to join now. So please do that. Uh, and also another, uh, I, I'll give you a, a warning or I don't know what I would call this, but if you're watching this on YouTube, don't stop. Stop what you're doing. And go to another platform because YouTube hates our guts. We don't have a healthy relationship with the YouTubes, okay? And and I've got a, a special guest host here who her show actually gets along even less with the YouTubes than mine. Um, but but the habit is because YouTube is so easy. It's so easy to just click YouTube and watch the podcast. I find myself doing it, mm -hmm. and then I find that I'm like, well, where's this pod? Oh, that's right. They 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 deplatformed half of our good podcast because. They hate our guts because we're telling the truth, and that's the last thing YouTube wants to do is allow you to tell the truth, and that's what we do here. So get off of YouTube. Go to Rumble. Go to Apple Podcasts. We have a video version on Apple Podcasts or audio, and then Spotify, same thing, just like Joe Rogan. You can go to Spotify, and you can get the video, or you can get just audio. There's other ways to get it. Train yourself. Change your habits. We need you to change your habits. Otherwise, you're going to be missing out on all the really good podcasts because the good ones are always gone on the YouTubes. So do that. And now, now for the show. So today, um, we're going to jump into Alabama corruption, some homegrown Alabama corruption at the legislature level, and then also in the media. And so, uh, and then if there's time, we want to talk about the Respect for Marriage Act. And that is us setting the table for, for what you guys can expect. Big corruption uh, from a very big person in the state. Big time corruption from media outlets in the state uh, should be fun to talk about. And today I've actually got a special guest host coming in to help me because I am absolutely incapable at monologuing for an hour, though anyone who knows me thinks that oh, you could probably figure it out. You do talk a lot. And I'm sure you, he'd be fine. Yeah, I think, think he'd probably be fine. But to make it interesting and enjoyable for my listeners, I brought in someone who's infinitely more talented than me that keeps things interested. That interested, is not true at all. It is true. It is true. You're more talented. I just do businessy things and and mm -hmm. I get a podcast because it's my business. See, I'm, that's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, say you don't want a podcast, start your own business. There you go. Um, so there it is. That's what we're doing. And welcoming in Miss Amy Beth Shaver. How are you? I'm good. Brian Dawson. How are you? Tremendous. I'm super excited to be here to talk about corruption. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not a shock to anyone. But it is a little shocking that it is this high up and it went on for so long. But what's more shocking and what I appreciate about 1819 is that it has been exposed. Yep. 
And it's just and it's just the beginning. It's a very big story, uh, both from a major impact, like the size of the story in the sense of, whoa, that's a big story. It's a big breaking story. But it's also a big story to wrap your arms around. And this is just the tip of the iceberg that we rolled out. And, and we tried to distill it down as much as we could while still having all of the facts in it. And to do it in a really, you know, just the facts, ma'am, way. That's our promise to our readers is that our news is going to be news and our opinions are going to be opinion. Uh, our podcasts are opinion based. If you hear me on the radio, that is opinion. Uh, we will be talking about the news. The news is what you will find in the news section on the website. And there's a little tab that says news. When you're reading the news, it's just the facts, man. That's boom, right. boom, 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 boom. And so our investigative journalism is going to be in that news part and where we just present all the facts um, and let you come to your own conclusion. Uh, what I want to do is someone who's familiar with the facts is jump into this story. And I want to say, you know, the story got tremendous traction. Uh, I would send it to someone. They're like, you're the fifth person to send this thing to me, right? Especially people who are involved in government and lobbying mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I would send it to them. They're like, oh my God, I've already seen this like seven times, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And so it, it really um, caught fire in that area. But I think we ended up with like over 20,000 engagements on the story, which is pretty good, right? And that was within four or five days of, of, of posting it. And so it is getting traction, but I believe that the story actually calls for even more engagement than that. And one of the things that I really want to talk to our audience about is the importance of paying attention to what's going on in Alabama, because this is what's closest to you. The things that are closest to you affect you the most. And it seems like for whatever reason, when it comes to politics and governance and involvement, it's the things that are closest to us that matter the least. It's true. And, and so often, I think when you're right in the thick of it, you're in the middle of the forest, you can't see it. Yep. And then when you pull out and you look back, you think, oh, my gosh, this is what's been going on. Yep. And I think that's what's happening with with 1819. That's the beauty of it is we've pulled back and said, this has been right under your nose. Yep. We've heard about it for years. I mean, when I started um, years ago just doing some work at API out of college, and then when we moved back to Birmingham, we started working on corruption then and talking about it with our group. And you try to tell people, do you realize how highly we're ranked in corruption in the state of Alabama? I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, no, I'm coming back into the state. Yeah. And I've been out looking at it going, holy cow. So it's delightful, yeah. not for the people involved, but it's delightful for the rest of us to understand that you've got, excuse me, you've got to stay right and um, involved, engaged, looking at what's happening right under your noses because that's when they get away with it yep. because they are counting on us not paying attention. Yeah. And everyone loves the, you know, Nancy Pelosi's husband had some gay guy attack him at midnight while they were naked or something story. And they're all over that. And then you're like, Hey, there's egregious corruption going on in your state. And they're just like, yawn. Yes, you know? so true. And so I do think we're breaking that. I do think that we're bringing it, you know, to the forefront of Alabamians' minds. And we know it's a slow process. And we're in this. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. Um, and I have people, you know, that I've worked with and have advised me and, and worked closely with on this stuff. And they're like, look, Brian, there's not a boogeyman behind every single situation. I'm like, yeah, maybe not every single one, but probably like 99 out of 100. This is the way yeah, I feel. <laughs> I know. And it's like, and, and again, the burden of proof is no longer on me to prove there is. It's now so bad yeah. that it's like, you know, perfect example. You know, the, the story that Craig broke, you know, some, um, you know, people within our newsroom will say are like, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think that there's, you know, sexual perverts that are trying to groom children in public schools and bring in this stuff. And he's like, I was totally wrong. It's everywhere. Right. And so mm -hmm. we're we're seeing people's eyes open to this. Um, same with, you know, this story. When I began to say, hey, I think there's this really bad situation. People are like, yeah, I don't know. That sounds good. I'm like, <laughs> you know, what just it's wait. like it's like a scroll and yeah. it's rolled up and you're like here yeah. and then you yank it out and you're just like, oh. Yeah, it's like the naughty there list of the Santa go. Claus thing it where it just goes, like and goes, and goes and goes and goes. So here's the question. Who is involved? If people haven't read the article, yeah. if they don't yet know, they haven't opened their inbox, we're like, oh, there's like several stories on this. Who are the players in this situation? Sure. So um, one thing I, I will tee up, one of the things that, that our government has done very, very well, their media strategy is to not be heard that often in the state. They want all the media focus to be on, um, you know, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin, Justin Trudeau, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell. They want that to be the the political media that people are focused on. And so you'll just hear a little cutesy thing from the governor. They'll put out a press release that talks about how great she's doing or whatever, but it's real, real minimal media presence. 
And what that does is that makes people feel like the government is limited because they hear from them little, so they must think that the involvement is little. They're not looking at their paychecks and seeing the taxes coming out. Um, you know, they're not really looking at the fact that we still have a grocery tax. They're not, you know, they're not understanding that our government is growing faster than a really good business grows, right? We're growing at, at record rates. We're, you know, we're, ex you know, record budget after record budget, record surplus after record surplus. That means that they're taking more of your money than they need. And so it's this weird strategy that they have to where they they are quiet in media to make you think that they're small. Meanwhile, they're just expanding and grabbing and consolidating and centralizing power in the state. And one of the people who's been at the helm of doing that uh, is Mac McCutcheon. He is the outgoing Speaker of the House. And most people have probably never even heard his name. People that are listening to this are like, who, Mac McCutcheon? I don't know. Who, who is that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the way they do it. But he's I don't know if you'd call the Speaker of the House maybe the second most powerful person in the state from a state politics standpoint, and especially the way that I, I think Governor Ivey and Mac McCutcheon kind of had this, you know, relationship. Jeff has talked about it in some of his articles, uh, specifically the one that was in the magazine. Um, you know, typically it's the House that's coming up with bills and then they go to the Senate and die. Well, last few legislative sessions, it's been the Senate who's been pumping out really good bills and then they go to the House where Mac McCutcheon kills them. Mm. Basically, any good piece of conservative legislation that comes up, he would kill it. Boom. Right. And so but again, no one knew who he was, didn't know that this was going on. And as you begin to dig in and hear the stories of people in the legislature, kind of a, a vindictive guy, um, which you know, is delightful. Yeah, it's really, really nice. But you know, they say he got things done and he was really nice to your face. And so whatever, I'm not going to get into all that. That's not the important part of, of what we're doing here. Um, but I just, I think a lot of people don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there you go. But I wanted the, the situation, um, was a story that broke on Thursday and it's something that we've been looking into. We've been hearing rumblings on, we, we broke a story that involved some of the people. And after we broke that story, um, began to dig and, and find more and more things. And, uh, the headline on the story uh, on our website, 1819 News, it came out December 15th. Uh, it was written by Caleb Taylor. McCutcheon financially linked to CEO guilty of kickbacks fraud. Records show favorable treatment from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama during tenure. So that's a catchy headline. We'll jump into the article. It says, from around 2013 to 2016, outgoing House Speaker Mac McCutcheon worked as a consultant for an Alabama-based medical testing company called QBR, which was which has recently been a target of the U.S. Department of Justice. John Hornbuckle, the president and CEO of QBR LLC of Huntsville, was indicted by a federal grand jury for defrauding health care benefit programs and paying and receiving kickbacks from December 2012 to January 2018, according to an indictment filed by the U.S. District Court in the Northern District of Alabama in April 2022. After initially pleading not guilty, Hornbuckle pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit health care fraud and one count of conspiracy to receive kickbacks. QBR was in the business of conduct. I'm not going to go into all of its conducting electrodiagnostic testing, including <laughs> nerve conduction. It's all important, and we'll get to some of that, but I don't want to put people to sleep with it. Here's, here's, here's the key to the story, I believe. There's two really big pieces we'll distill it down to. It says, numerous others associated with the company, QBR, have been either convicted or pled guilty to healthcare-related charges in 2022, all of them are currently awaiting sentencing. Okay, all, all, A, A L L. Yes, all, and and so all of them, obviously, all of them, and and all in that sentence is saying all of those who have been indicted, pled guilty, or went to trial and lost. And so, <clears throat> QBR is a medical diagnostic company that it was involved in nerve conduction. I'm not going to bore everyone going into all of that, but ultimately they provided a medical service and they had, um, and I think what I'll say before I even go into all of what QBR did, every single person who was involved with QBR in a major way is going to federal prison, except for the speaker of the house and his son. Well, what did his son do? Well, his son was the 49% owner of the company and the CFO. And obviously, if you're the CFO, you're the one who's doing the controlling and you're the one that's mm -hmm. writing checks, right? And so this is a kickback scheme and a kickback fraud. And you would imagine the CFO would know about it. I mean, I don't know. Um, but the son was the 49% owner of the company and the CFO. And Mac, well, what what was Mac doing? Well, we, we reached out to Mac, and this is what Mac said. Um, he said... Um, I've been going back in my records to get the information dates you're inquiring about. Mac McCutcheon told 1819 News in an email response to questions about his involvement in the company. 
My association with QBR was based on helping the company get started. I was contracted to do consultant work for the business startup. I was retiring from the city of Huntsville in 2013 and began my consulting business as a source of income due to the fact that the legislative work is part-time. <clears throat> I never did any lobbying work for QBR or any other client. As QBR got operational as a company. I discontinued my services. Okay, well, that's interesting. So, um, again, he, he didn't dodge us. We reached out to him. You know, we reached out through his official state email. Then we reached out through his office. And then when those didn't work, we called his cell phone. He answered and he said, hey, I'll get back to you. Text me the questions. We text him the questions. He got back. So glad he got right back with us. But, you know, we have, um, there's documents uh, that we have that have um, Mac McCutcheon listed as government affairs or government liaison um, for QBR. And so if you're a sitting state legislator, you're not allowed to lobby on behalf of someone who's paying you, right? So you would essentially be trading money for power and influence, right? Selling right. access to the government. Uh, that's frowned upon. But in this company that he was paid uh, $90,000 by QBR uh, in 2013, the latter half of 2015 and the first half of 2016. And so $90,000 is not a small amount of money and, and, um, he was paid for consulting. And so, um, you know, he's listed as government liaison. Well, it, it gets more interesting um, as you as it looks like what he was doing was going um, QBR would get a client that needed to be. And you understand this because your hus husband is a, is a doctor. And so he, they would get a client that needed to be. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield in network preferred. Mm -hmm. That's a really challenging process to do if you're not. Yes, it is. There's a you know stack of applications that you got to send in and try and get approved and everything else. Well, <clears throat> what Mac did for one of these clients is he took it um, or took it or took them. According to this, he took them uh, to Blue Cross Blue Shield and met with Robin Stone, who is the vice president of government affairs. Uh, and got this client, Blue Cross Blue Shield, approved because it was a lab, and the lab was in Tennessee somewhere, and so they weren't in network, and so they needed to be in network, and so QBR used Mac to get this client in network, right? And so he's doing that. Um, <clears throat> the other thing uh, that Mac did, and, and I think this will kind of back us into describing QBR and what they were doing, is that Mac took the services agreement to Luther Strange. Luther Strange was the attorney general at the time. Mm -hmm. And so Mac took his son's company and the company that he's consulting for, took the uh, agreement to Luther Strange to approve. Luther Strange said, yes, this services agreement is good to go. Everything in it's legit. And then there's another email we have where it says he, he took it um, to... Uh, the governor's general counsel as well. The governor's general counsel gave it the thumbs up. And so it seems like this thing's bulletproof. It seems like everything's above board. Everybody's saying it's, it's good to go. Well, so let's back up to what QBR is doing and, and, and how all that, let me tie it all together for you. And then I'll let you ask some questions. And okay. so, so QBR is a, a medical diagnostic company. They provide a service um, to get people nerve conduction, to test their pain so they can figure out how, you know, so doctors can figure out how much, pain medication to, you know, to, to prescribe. Um, I imagine it's probably a bit of a CYA mechanism, cover your butt, um, for our family listeners. <laughs> um, uh, you know, if you're going to be handing out what's essentially heroin, which is Oxycontin and some of these pain meds, especially with the pain med epidemic that we've gone through and all of the cracking down on that doctors are going to want something to say, yeah, no, we did this test and it said he needed this much. Right. And so it seems like that's what it is. Again, I haven't gotten all into it, but that's what it looks like. And so it's a, it's a diagnostic test that, covers the doctor's butt, and then also shows the doctor how much pain meds this person actually needs based off this state-of-the-art testing and blah, blah, blah. And so the trick is it's a great test, but how do you get doctors to use it? Well, this is where the kickbacks come in. Mm. It's illegal to pay a doctor to use your service because if you pay a doctor to use your service, that doctor is going to be incentivized to say that it's medically necessary. Right. Right. And, and so if the doctor's like, yeah, I'm fixing to make some money, that's real medically necessary. <laughs> right. And then and then he sends it, uh, then he's going to say, yeah. And then Blue Cross Blue Shield then reimburses or whatever insurance reimburses or the state, whatever the insurance is, reimburses because it's medically necessary. And then that doctor would receive a kickback. And so that's illegal. So it looks like what they were trying to do and what the service agreement was doing, and according to the Department of Justice, was hiding the kickback 
But the service Which is agree- great. Yeah. That's just great. Yeah. Okay, carry on. <laughs> was But I mean, again, like businesses, that's what they do. They try and get around mm-hmm. rules and everything. And so this service agreement was essentially saying, okay, we're not paying per test. We're not trying to incentivize the doctor to say this is medically necessary. It's a time-consuming test. And so we're going to pay the doctor per hour, right, for his time because it was a, a, a I guess, a, a time-intense process. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But- we're going to pay him for his time on an hourly basis rather than on a per test because the per test is illegal, but the time supposedly according to the attorney general and all this other stuff is not. And so that is where the the kickback scheme came in and the department of justice is saying, yeah, that's fraud because you are incentivizing a doctor to say something's medically necessary. That's not. And so now everyone who's involved with QBR is going to prison except Mac and his son, the 49% owner and CFO Right. And so Mac is literally the one that took the services agreement that had all this stuff in it to the attorney general and then said, yep, this is good. Attorney general said it's good. Right. And, and, and then now everyone's going to prison. Mac's not. Um, and then the, the, the son's the 49% owner of the company uh, and CFO and he's not. And so, so many questions, so many questions. I will um, the, again, there's more coming on this. Um, this is really just scratching the surface. Um, it's it's a big crazy Alabama corruption story, and I just tell everybody hold on, hold on to their seats. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is it Jurassic Park where he says hold on to your butts? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I mean, it really there it is. is. Go back to the '90s, Jurassic Park. Um, but yeah, and and so this is uh, this is problematic. Yep. Um, it's not a good look, um, both in the sense that not only was he lobbying, but he was also involved, as was his son. You can't lobby as a sitting state legislature on behalf of someone who's giving you money. So that's 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 more bad. And then not only that, but you were obviously knowledgeable and involved with this piece mm-hmm. um, that is sending everyone to prison. Okay. Except you and your son. Okay. Do you want me to wait until after our break? After our break? I'd like to finish this segment before and then we'll okay. go to our break and we'll come back. All right. So here's the question why aren't they going to jail and how long will they be kept out of jail? I mean, have you heard? I don't know. I'm not, again, because of my background, uh, I'm somewhat familiar with criminal court proceedings. Yes. Um, I don't know what the statute of limitations on this is. We've, you know, since this story broke, we've been getting calls from all kinds of people who know about this and are like giving us months like, Oh my gosh, this is even bigger than we thought. Um, And so, you know, one of those people said, you know, he may be outside of the statute of limitations. Like I didn't even think of that. Um, but again, I'm not, whatever, whoever decides to do with whatever is up to them. That's not my job. My job is for the people of Alabama to know what's going on in their state legislature and with people who are in positions of power. So whatever happens with that, I don't know. It definitely smells like selective prosecution, Mm -hmm. uh, by the department of justice. Um, it may have been intentional or it may have just been like one of those things. Like if a cop's doing something bad, you just kind of, you know, well, he's a cop, you know, so I don't know. I don't know if it's, if, if it's cognizant um, selective prosecution or if it's legitimate selective prosecution. I don't know, but it, it is, it is weird. So let me ask this then. Um, why wouldn't the people like Luther Strange um, and the like after the Mike Hubbard debacle be more sensitive and more aware of how not to break the law or do they just not care? I mean, are we just that unimportant to them? And is the law just that import, unimportant? Because we're the little people and they're the big people. Well, and it's that that old George Carlin thing. It's a big club and you ain't in it. And um, unfortunately, I think that is the way that a lot of these people think is the rules don't apply to them. I mean, especially if you're like, yeah, they're all going to prison, but I'm not, you know. Look at this. Yeah. And, and so wow. it's like. Yeah, that's ridiculous no wonder they think and feel and believe that way because apparently it's true. Right. And so I don't know. It is interesting that Mike Hubbard went to prison. It is weird that, that, that Bentley um, was thrown out of office or whatever happened with him, with his assistant or whatever. I am a firm believer that anything that happens in government that's like that is because someone wanted him out inside the government. So when you start to see CNN, when you start to see CNN talk poorly about um, Joe Biden or speak poor anyway, words i, I went through not this with real Allison. good yeah. they ain't talking real they ain't good about talking him good about him they're poor mouthing him um say bad things about joe biden that means right in this media machine and we'll get to the alabama media machine after this but um 
that means that someone somewhere is getting ready to get get rid of him, right? And and, and bring in whatever their next plan is. And so they're using the media to kind of do that. And so a lot of things like so if 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 um Mike Hubbard went to prison, someone chose to focus on that and actually do their job. Yes. Right? It didn't that didn't get passed up. How come that didn't get passed up? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it was because someone wanted him there. Mm-hmm. And those people were the ones that had the power and said, "Yeah, we're done with him." And and he got pushed. I don't know. This is complete conjecture. On my part, this is literally just me thinking out loud. I don't know. Same with Bentley. Maybe Bentley had, you know, pissed off all the wrong people and they're like, okay, well, we know about you and your, mm-hmm. your little assistant right. there. And we figured to throw this, you know, the story is throw, throw this thumb drive underneath this trash can and Yellowhammer is going to pick it up and break the story. Um, you know, so maybe that's how it happened. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But someone somewhere in position of power said, yeah, we're done with him and this is how we're going to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they're not done with you and you want you there, it seems like there's all this protection. So I don't know. We the little people, we don't get that kind of protection. <laughs> um, and so who knows? But stay tuned. Do you have any more questions? Um, I'll just I'll leave it there okay. and I'll just wait until they keep coming out. As you see, I have a I have a list. Screw no us. more. Um, we'll just hold, hold on to that because you said stay tuned. And yeah. so I think that is what's fascinating is stay tuned because you almost can't believe it, but here it is. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. More is coming. Stay tuned. Um, you know, and, uh, hold on to your butts as I think that was Samuel L. Jackson. He's in every single movie ever made, by the way. He's so great. Yes. All right. We're going to come back after a word from our incredible sponsor, quick letters. Hey y'all. It's Allison Sinclair with Alabama Unfiltered. A lot of people ask me, what can I do to actually make a difference in D.C. and in my state government? And one of the most effective things you can do is write an old school letter to your elected officials. It seems super simple, but a written through the mail letter gets their attention much more than an email or a phone call. I use the Quick Letter app from my phone to write letters, and it makes it so easy to write all of my representatives in D.C. and in our state a real letter in a matter of minutes. And so Quick Letter automatically determines your representatives and their mailing addresses. You write or dictate a letter on your phone and tap the name of every representative you want to receive that letter. And Quick Letter handles the delivery address, the return address, the greeting, the closing, the signature, the printing, stuffing, stamping, and placing your letter in the US mail. Your governor, attorney general, state legislators, your U.S. senators, and congressmen need to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Actually, a brief, simple letter usually has the most impact. Send a quick letter today and every day. Go to quickletter.com, that's K-W-I-K, quickletter.com, or download the Quick Letter app today. Welcome back, everyone. That was a wonderful word from our wonderful sponsor, and I say that I am not going to have people advertising on the site unless I really believe in in who they are and what they're doing. Um, we're very selective about people we allow to be a part of 1819 News. And Jim Hicks is the creator of Quick Letter. Um, he was on last week's podcast. You can go back and listen to that and hear about the origins of Quick Letter um, and the importance of what it is. It gives it gives the everyday average citizen, and obviously we're focused on Alabama, so the average Alabamian the ability to write a letter to the people who are representing them, be it your, you know, um, your state senator, your state legislator, your state representative, um, basically everything from dog catcher to president. Um, and, and, and once you put your address in there, it, it, it systematically goes in there and tells you who it is that you should write. But if you want to write someone else, you could go in and do that as well. And so it's just this really amazing thing. And it's so simple. It's on your phone in the palm of your hand, the ability to make your voice heard in a, in a very meaningful way, because, you know, and I'm going to say this every single time, you know, my wife had an issue that she was very passionate about in the legislature. We have seven kids. She's really big uh, into wanting to do home births. I'm going to go super personal here. Um, she had, we have seven kids, six were V-backs, right? So she had a C-section the first time, the rest were V-backs in the state of Alabama. You can't um, have a, an, a home birth with a midwife if you've had a cesarean previous, because it's this risk and everything else. She believes that if, if someone wants to take that risk, it's up to them. I don't need no nanny state telling me how I have my kids. <laughs> I was so proud of my wife. She was, she was you spitting go, and girl. fighting like, oh, you can't tell me. I was like, Whoa, but 
she wrote a, she got on quick letter, wrote a letter to our state representative because it was something that was coming up in the session, wrote it. Um, he read it, called her and just said, wow, this is such an incredibly well-written letter. It came so nicely presented. I had to give you a call. This is the nicest letter, you know, not necessarily what you said, but just the way that it was presented. Right. Um, and I have an incredible state rep um, had, uh, and and he went and did the best he could um, to make something, something happen there on behalf of that. And so it does have an impact. I know that there's a, there's a defeatist attitude that comes with as much losing as it feels like we have, but look at what happened with Roe v. Wade. No one ever thought that would get, get overturned. Yeah, it did. Listen to your guys' podcast you did with Ashley last time, and everyone kind of has this defeatist attitude. And so, well, look at what the communists did. Like one lady got prayer taken out of school. One lady, right? And so it's unbelievable what the power of one person doing That's something right. can do and the resolve of one person. And this quick letter gives you the opportunity to be that one person, make your voice heard, tell others about it, let them make their voices heard. Um, and it's not about putting pressure or being mean to your legislatures. They, they're literally down in the halls of the state house with lobbyists in their ear and special interest in their ear. And they, they're not hearing from the people. This is an opportunity to make your voice heard so that it balances out all those other voices they're hearing so that they know what their constituency wants. It's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's one of the coolest things I've seen. As soon as I saw it, I knew uh, we had to get them involved with what we're doing. And Jim Hicks is an all-around great guy. He is. He's, he's, he's awesome. genius. But he's a great person. Yep. He really is. Okay, so there was a little story yes. done uh, about another aspect of corruption in Alabama. That's correct. Surprise, surprise. Yes. Who who did the story about the whole little corruption piece? Of all people, the NPRs. The NPRs. That's what I call them. Took this on. You know what? I really like that. It, it makes it more fun. It does. You know, when you call it the YouTubes and the NPRs yeah. and the Twitters. And you the know, Twitters. More fun. So the NPR. Yeah. Did a story. Did a story. They they caught wind of kind of some media corruption. I think it was a bunch of stuff that was happening in Florida, and they started looking around in Florida, and they're like, well, wait a second, all these people's from Bama. And so they started coming up and poking around in Alabama, and then anyone who's ever worked at any of these places got phone calls, and they did this huge deep dive story. And what's interesting is for all of us that live in Alabama and work in media, we already know this story. Right. We've not come out with it. I think it's poor taste. I've done my best to not hammer, yellow hammer. Anyway, yeah, that was weird. So not to uh, pick on Yellowhammer and not hammer not at all. Alabama political reporter. Um, you know, our, our chief co competitor, our chief competition, um, the people we have in view when we created 1819 News was AL.com. Mm -hmm. That is who we seek to replace. That is who we seek to put out as the media outlet of record. They are radical leftists. They do not represent the state of Alabama. Um, you know, their, their, their content is just a steady stream of, you know, you know, good, dirty rednecks, you know, how dare you vote for Trump? How do you bitter clingers, bitter cling your guns and your Bibles? I always say this, they put out, I remember it was just the one story that just epitomized the whole thing. And I talk about it all the time. It's like a year old now and I don't care because it epitomizes the problem. They put out a story that said that Alabama is the fifth saddest state in the nation to live. The fifth saddest? Yeah. The fifth unhappiest. Why? Thank you for yeah. that. So piece of sunshine. Yeah. And so one, it's, it's objectively false, right? Yeah. So, so one, it's not true, but that doesn't stop anyone. How do from you writing. even objectify that? Like, yeah. I don't even know how you like filter. Yeah. That. Anyway. No, it was some dumb thing. Like, you know, do you have casinos? Um, you have prostitutes. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know. But, um, yeah, obviously maybe, you know, cause those things make you happy. Yeah. And so really everything in Alabama to me is to be loved, except our state government. Right. And our right. state government needs some, some tuning up. Yes. And so we're here to tune it up and we're here to celebrate all the other things that are good to kind of push back against that message uh, of, of everything in Alabama sucks. Right. And so anyway, so yeah, um, that's AL.com. That is who our sites are on. You know, people are like, oh man, you're going to put Yellowhammer out of business. You're going to, it's like that. I mean, if that happens, great. I mean, whatever. It's not what we're seeking to do. We're seeking to compete with the media outlet of record, which is AL.com. The other people, we look at them. You know, and I'll just go into it again. I've, I've avoided going into this for this long, mm -hmm. but now that NPR, the NPRs is here in Alabama poking around and digging around, um, how I describe the situation is that I break down the media problem in Alabama into two categories, shamed and shielded. You've heard me say this a kajillion times. I'm going to do it again. Shamed and shielded. And then there's a third tier of national media, but we'll call shamed and shielded, and then we'll get to that. So on one hand, we're being shamed for what we believe in our way of life. You, you know, that's, that's al.com, you know, good, dirty rednecks, right? That's the message. 
So we're being shamed for who we are and our way of life. It's 78% of the state probably believes and feels and thinks a certain way, if not more. Even the Democrats here are conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go and on the social issues to a black church and that is made up of mostly Democrats, if not all, and you ask them how they feel about homosexuality, perversion, LGBTQ stuff, and communism. I mean, the, they, right. they're right there with us, right? right? And they've got a couple areas where they differ. And anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. So... So the bulk of our state believes things and feels a certain way about things. And this media outlet of record is diametrically opposed to that. And it's like they've invested all this money into creating a media outlet that wears us down and, and hopes to like water eroding rock over, you know, years. They're hoping to wear down our conservative way of thinking that we would accept marks into our heart and begin to worship at the altar of communism that they do. And so it's like this big evangelism tool to get these backwards people in Alabama, I say backwards with big scare quotes. I don't believe that we're backwards. They think we're backwards. These backwards people in Alabama to think, feel, and believe like we do. And so that's AL.com, okay? And they do sports sort of okay, but not really. So there's them. And then, so that's shamed. And then on the other hand, we're being shielded from the truth. Well, what do you mean shielded from the truth? Well, at one time in the state of Alabama, you had the Birmingham News, the Mobile Press Register, and, and on a lesser scale, the Huntsville Times, but all three big-time major publications. The investigative journalism and reporting um, was world-class at these It was my places, favorite section. Right? It was just really, amazing. And and so you had Eddie Curran in Mobile. Mm-hmm. You had Brett Blackledge in Birmingham. Uh, and, um, oh, she's the political reporter now uh, for AP in Montgomery, and she's got her own parking spot. I can't think of her name, Kim. Oh, I I feel bad. Anyway, she knows who she is, and I'm giving her shout out. <clears throat> she was she was part of that team, mm-hmm. um, and they were exposing corruption. They were doing deep dives. They were holding the people in power accountable, and that's what journalism seeks to do. It's always supposed to be a tool for the people to hold those in power accountable. It's a check, right? Yes. Especially in the state of Alabama, we have uh, a Republican supermajority. So everyone's like, "Yay, Republican!" Well. There's no Democrat party holding them accountable until us. There was no media, you know, holding them accountable. And so what you end up with is unchecked power and unchecked power, whether Republican or Democrat is never good for the people. And so, um, when Birmingham news was doing their thing at their, at their peak and their prime and mobile press register was doing their thing, the government was being held in check. And there was a, a, a Democrat party holding the Republicans accountable. It was really the Republicans trying to fight in and, it was just a different situation mm-hmm. and setup. Well, now that's not what it is. And so <clears throat> we have um, no investigative journalism going on whatsoever. We have a, a leftist propaganda machine, and then we have Yellowhammer and Alabama political reporter that I call them PR for the problem. Yes. They carry water for all the lobbyists and special interest in the state. Okay. They are, um, you can look at who pays their bills and you can see who they're not going to talk bad about. And it just so happens that a lot of the people that are paying their bills, there's probably some things you could say about them that wouldn't be. And again, it's like you don't have to attack these people. Right. Take Alabama Power, for instance. Wonderful company, employs tons of people in Alabama. You look at linemen and stuff like that. These are these are hardworking, amazing people that are working around the clock. That are very brave, by the way. Very brave, amazing people. Uh, And these people are paid well and able to take care of their families because of Alabama Power paying them well to do the job that they do. So Alabama Power, no doubt, is a net positive for the state of Alabama. However, you can't help but notice they keep popping up in these really suspicious things and these really (laughs) weird behaviors and these really weird activities, and it keeps popping up, and it's like, you only turn the blind eye so much. And so I wish they weren't involved in those things, and they were just this 100% good company, but they are the most powerful entity in the state. Mm -hmm. And so because they're powerful, they need to be held accountable. It doesn't mean we hate them. It doesn't mean we think that they're bad people. Um... I know a ton of people over there and I know everybody we work with knows a ton of people over there. They're good people. Right. Um, but unchecked power is bad for the people. And so we are seeking to hopefully be a check and a balance for those in power wherever. Um, and so Yellowhammer is not Alabama political reporter is not. And what I have kind of noticed and what we can kind of get into the details of the article and I'll shut up and let you talk and bring you on. And they're like, I can't monologue. And then I monologue for the whole show. While Amy Beth just watches. They're it's like, fine. I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me on, Brian. So, um, what it looks like to me watching this is the Alabama political reporter is kind of what the matrix uses to do opposition research. And if you don't know about the matrix, the matrix is the 
premier political dark ops group that has been working in the state of Alabama for 30 plus years, ran by Joe Perkins. Uh, his supposed successor was a guy named Jeff Pitts, and they worked together to really wreak havoc on the state and using a lot of deceptive tactics and everything. But again, that's their business is like politics is cutthroat and we cut throats, baby. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what they do. And and there's a quote that was in that article that Joe Perkins says, like, invisibility is is. Uh, you know, more powerful than celebrity or something like that. Right. And that's the thing is like, who is Joe Perkins? What? Huh? Well, he just happens to be like one of the most powerful people in the state and no one knows who he that's is. Right. And he, and he does that on purpose. He's very good at what he does. But at the end of the day, I'm all about being ethical. I don't think that ranks as high with him. And, 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 and he doesn't hide that. Like you pay him to get things done and he gets things done flat out period. Um, And it's, you know, he, and he's at the heart of a lot of the corruption that's going on in the state. So they, uh, the Matrix, uses the Alabama Political Reporter to publish opposition research. And they have this really beautiful site. Like if you go to Alabama Political Reporter, or a, it's like alreporter.com. Don't go there too much, right? You need to stay at 18, 19. Anyway. It's rare. Yeah. Only if anyway. you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you go there. Their site looks fantastic. They keep copy going. You know, they, they keep publishing content. And to, it, to me, this is, and again, this is conjecture. I don't know. This is my opinion. They publish opposition research, and it's such a good-looking website that, like, if the Washington Nine or Washington Post or the New York Times was looking for something that happened in Alabama, they would look, and then it would come up, and they would look, and like, wow, this looks like a super legitimate site, and they would just take it and they would run with it, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a place to publish opposition research, and that seems to be more of what the political reporter does. Is so, say Matrix has a client, or there's a client that the the big people in power. They want this person to win at something, whether it's an election or there's uh, legislation that's about to go through that needs to go a certain way. So we'll call this person client. Yellowhammer talks about how great the client is. Wow, this person's such a good thing. Look at all the good things client's doing. Client's such a nice person. You know, client's great. And then and then APR is over here like opponent of client is horrible person that molests <laughs> children and kills puppies. Right. And then that's kind of like their one, two punch where Yellowhammer is talking about how good the thing is. And then, and then APR is over there talking about how bad the, the opposite is. Right. And so it's just kind of like this thing. And that is their business model. Their business model is not honest journalism. It's not to dig into and hold people accountable. It's, it's, it's about deceiving and changing perception. And I'll shut up now and let you talk. So two things. I think if people are interested in learning more about Joe Perkins, they should just Google, get on the Google or Proton Mail, uh, which I have now. Um, DuckDuckGo. And DuckDuckGo. Chris Shaver has DuckDuckGo and Proton whatever it is. I don't know. We have a VPN now. Google them. Just look up that name and then follow those stories and see where that leads you. Yeah. Because one of the things we like to do is let people make up their mind. And I did the same thing. And when I first heard about him, because you're right, he's he's the most powerful person you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, This is not good. Yeah. And so I was just dishing out stories to people when I found out who he was. Um, Number one, that's number one. Number two, I think it is also um, not shocking that here you have, oh, look what it says in the NPR article. In reality, there are six news outlets with financial connections to the consulting firm, The Matrix. When people feel something in their gut, they're like, "This this doesn't feel right. Instead of thinking, that doesn't feel right, whatever. Um, investigate more because yeah. I think that's the one thing that I've learned this year is don't ignore those gut instincts that you have, that this isn't right. Yeah. Um, because ultimately it will come out because yeah. God is God. And that's the wonderful thing about God is the truth will be known. Um, but people in Alabama need to be made aware of all of the forces from the corruptive elements in government and the corruptive elements that are in media, that it is not as it seems. Yeah. And so going into the new year, this is what I'm very much dialed in on is paying attention to the little things that you think don't matter because they do, because they lead to a web. And this Perkins group and this matrix or Perkins person, but the matrix is a matrix. And it is shocking for all the people that back when I ran for office nine years ago, when they say, well, that doesn't happen in Alabama. We got nice people in Alabama. What do you mean they're mean? You know, and maybe not in that voice. It just makes me feel better to say it yeah. that way. Um, but it is happening. It is. And we have a duty to pay attention and to find out what's happening and why. Do your research. Do yeah. your homework. The dots connect if you'll pay attention. 
And if the people will pay attention, and that's the thing is these people, these media outlets, the the Joe Perkins of the world, the Matrixes, the Jeff Pitts and all, they're banking on low information voters. Yes, they are. They're banking on low information voters and they can just lob a little bomb of misdirection. You know, and again, I have no idea if Matrix or any of these people were involved in it, but just look at like the Katie Britt campaign again. Whatever you think about Katie Britt doesn't matter. Someone that was on her side was sending out mailers saying that Mo Brooks was raising taxes. Yes. And again, it's like, well, anybody that knows Mo Brooks, like he, he's a lot of bad things. You can say a lot of bad things about Mo Brooks. You're like, yeah, no, you're right. He's a terrible candidate. I mean, there's all kinds of bad things you can say about Mo, right? And he just continues to dig his hole deeper post-election where it's like, my God, maybe we dodged a bullet there. But <clears throat> they didn't say the things that were true and bad about him. They said that he, ra- that he, that he was in favor of raising taxes. And it's like, actually, like, just like, it's the one thing that you could say bad about him that I would be like, I don't think so, right? Or if he was corrupt or something like that. It's just it's not who he is. And so you see that, but the thing is, is that we know that, you know, about Mo. Again, right. um, raising taxes is not a real big priority for him. But to the low information voter who's only focused on Fox News and paying attention to Joe Biden and Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. to that person, they get this thing and it's like, man, Katie's really pretty and she's from Enterprise and she's an all-American. What? Mo Brooks wants to raise taxes? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's 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 that those little misdirections that you see. And then you use these media outlets to do it, right? And so, um, you know, the the guy who's in the article, Terry Dunn, mm-hmm. mm. I really, I want to get to know Terry Dunn. I want him to probably come on the podcast and tell us about that thing. We, we need to do that. Um, he seems like a great guy. He was definitely done wrong. <laughs> and so what you have, and this is probably going to get me shot Which is killed. your article, I mean, which is going to be the podcast title, yeah. Done Wrong. Done Wrong. I see what you did there. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Another area you can go and look uh, is a, a website called Mr. Dunn Goes to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? I ha- have saved, haven't been there to really do a deep dive. You'll yet. be there all day. I'm very for excited like a couple about days. it. And so, again, it's Eddie Curran, who to me was probably the most talented investigative journalist mm-hmm. that's ever worked in the state of Alabama. Uh, he left the Mobile Press Register when it went down, and he just started doing his own deep dive investigating into this whole situation that mm-hmm. this NPR article is about. Why NPR didn't reach out to Eddie Curran, I have no idea. Because that dude has a treasure trove of all of the evidence that proves what NPR is alleging in this article. And it's ultimately, so people can make their arguments for what works and what doesn't. We saw when it got really cold in Texas how terrible the uh, free market power, you know, worked uh, when people were freezing to death. Right. And so we have. Not funny about freezing to death. Just ugly things. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for clearing that up. (laughs) All right. We have regulated monopolies mm-hmm. in the state. And again, it seems to work. My power, the tornado literally went right down my street, like the street adjacent to mine, but like right by my house. Power was out. Power came back on. Now I'm, I am, you know, Central Alabama Electrical Co-op or whatever, but they get their power from Alabama Power mm-hmm. anyway. But, you know, it, they, they, they serve their clients well. No one's ever without power for that long. We pay more, and that gets into that in the article. Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> But in order, if there's going to be a monopoly, it has to be a regulated monopoly. And so what do they do to regulate the monopoly? They have this thing called the Public Service Commission. And so when you're voting for Public Service Commission, you want to talk about like invisible, more important than celebrity. No one knows anything about it. If anybody remembers anything about any of it at all ever, it's going to be always toting Jeremy Oden. Absolutely. And that will always be burned into my brain of the most painful, awful political ad. But apparently it worked because he won. But it's three people who are regulating this powerful monopoly. Well, if they can, if, if Alabama Power can get the three people they want on that board, they're really no longer regulated. And again, I don't know if that's what's happening or not, but that seems to be what they're kind of saying. And so right. Terry Dunn was saying, hey, no, we're not going to raise the rate. You know, we're not going to do another rate increase. And then they're like, Terry Dunn's an environmentalist Democrat, <laughs> right? He's a tree hugging hippie. You know, if things don't work out for you and they will work out for you, you would make a great um, voiceover actor. Yeah. Okay. Because it sounds like you did the, the ad anyway. Yes. Anyway, carry on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so they make fun of that. They, 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 and so all of a sudden, and so when I'm reading all this stuff, I'm watching it. Well, then Robin Lidecker, who's extremely mm-hmm. conservative gal. Yep. Okay. She's running for public service commission. They're like, she's a tree hugging hippie Democrat. <laughs> Her and Obama are best friends. They went to college together. And it's like, I, but really? And all they have to do is throw that little yes, doubt. Do. And they're That's like, right. well, I think she's a tree hugger. That means she hates coal. And it's like, 
No. Yeah, that's not like, it at all. Like we actually want coal, nuclear, whatever. Like the last thing I want is windmills and freaking like that's the last thing all of us want. That's what right. are you talking about? But they they I don't think they could control Robin, so she got she got smoked yep. the same way Terry Dunn got smoked. That's right. And they're using these media outlets to propagate this stuff, right? And so it's interesting. Um if I die, they killed me. Um, okay. and so there's I, that. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope not. Um, but you know, <laughs> I think it's very interesting to close the segment out. I read, it's been like two years, but had a huge impact on me is that Malcolm Gladwell talking with strangers. Um, we have this propensity and I think this is a problem in Alabama to re- most of the time we believe what we're told and we don't stop and say, you know, that, huh. and so he, I, you know, I don't know, it's 10 short chapters and only one of the chapters did one of the guys sense something was wrong in one of the situations that he was in. And he was the only one to speak back and say, hey, I, something's wrong in this situation. There's something wrong with that guy. That's not right. Yeah. But the, the entire book was really about our propensity to truly believe Trust and what obey. we're told. Yep. And so it also makes me think, but this is a very, well, I won't even go into that part of it. But it's a very interesting read for people who want to know more about why we do the things that we do. Because the Lord says to be wise and shrewd. And so often I feel like we think that shrewd part means being mean, and it doesn't. It simply means be aware. Yeah. Be on to what's don't going on, but don't be a sheeple. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that just comes to my mind when you're talking about what's happening in the state of Alabama with all of the corruption is we're like, oh, see that ad? She's she's the one. Yeah. Or she's so bad. Yeah. Uh, and then when they try to talk back, well, what are you going to do about it? Because there's this wall of opposition that's going to come back to the people that they're against. Yeah. So it's over. Forget about it. Yeah. But see, they said she was good. Yeah. This other girl. And so I think we do too much of, okay, if they said it, it must be okay. Yeah. And then there's the, the, the proverb that basically say, you know, a person's story seems right until you hear yes, the other one. And again, I'm butchering that, but it's, it's essentially saying it's the whole reason that we have due process. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if someone comes and brings an accusation against a person, wow, that seems, wow, that's awful. Well, then that person's like, well, actually, I wasn't there. I was over here and that makes no sense at all. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, right. And so it's this whole idea of due process, but it, it is because we have a tendency to believe the first thing we hear. Mm-hmm. We want to believe, we want to trust. Um, and that's the reason that a society's government and its institutions can't be corrupt because if, if again, they're never going to be perfect because we're fallen and our entire, entire everything, our legal system, our, our founding, everything in the United States of America was based off the fallenness of man, right? The inherent evil of man, right? right? Uh, and so we, we, we understand those things. So they're never going to be perfect. But when you have these institutions that are there that we know that we can generally trust, oh, the CDC said... You know, the FBI said, That's the right. CIA said, right, we we want to trust those things, and we've always trusted those things. Well, now that we know that they're completely corrupt, I mean, talk about a weird feeling to know that every single pillar you've always trusted your whole life is now just lying to you with everything they have. There there it is. There it is. So um, I guarantee you there's more coming out on this NPR story with everything that's going on there. Maybe NPR is not going to do it, um, but I, I feel like there's – there's, there's a lot more that could be dug into, uh, and it'll be very interesting. I think um, it got really interesting when Jeff Pitts was suing the Matrix or the Matrix was suing Jeff Pitts. I forget how it went. So so Joe Perkins is a CEO, the 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 kind of, you know, son type mm-hmm. uh, guy in the company that was, you know, no, Joe Perkins was the founder. Jeff Pitts was the CEO. Jeff Pitts was going to be the successor. That wasn't happening fast enough or whatever. I I don't know. I I don't know all those details, but it it didn't work out. And they had an ugly, messy breakup. And then he went and started Canopy Partners and started operating in Florida, doing a lot of these same strategies in Florida for Florida Power and Light. That's what the NPR article is about or a piece of it. Um, There's been a bunch of stuff in like the Orlando Sentinel and other stuff that's been talking about this, I think, kind of raised these red flags. Well, it got really ugly in this lawsuit and all kinds of stuff started getting made public. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the most interesting thing that people should keep an eye on that, that, that came public was the fact that the Matrix was being paid by Alabama Power to have a private investigator follow around. I think the guy's name is Tim Fanning, who's the CEO of Southern Company. So you have the CEO of Southern Company. Southern Company owns Alabama Power. So that's like the big boy. Mm-hmm. Right. And Alabama Power is paying a private investigator, paying Matrix to pay a private investigator to follow the CEO of Southern company around. It's like things that make you go. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. 
Okay, then. Yeah. So there you have that. Well, we've got a few minutes, and I want to talk about what your uh, opinion piece was this week. Um, and it is just the most insulting thing ever that it's called what it is. The Respect for Marriage Act. Respect for marriage. Anything they name the bill is going to be the exact opposite as what it does. That's right. So if the bill's named, we're going to fix inflation. Then not going to fix Yeah, get ready inflation. for you know, costs to go up. Uh, you know, wh- whatever. We're going to get rid of terrorism. Terrorism's going to get a lot worse, right? War on drugs. Wow, there's more drugs than there's ever been, right? And so it's just like, whatever they say they're doing, just prepare for the opposite. And so Respect for Marriage Act... Hit me. Well, you know, you see what Biden's doing and you think, okay, holy cow, respect for marriage. And you hear about it before you see all the ceremony things that they did at the White House. And then when you see the people that they brought in to the White House, you realize immediately, as you're saying, it has nothing to do with marriage at all. And so I wanted to do a piece reminding believers specifically um, what marriage is. And what symbols the gay community, specifically LGBTQIA, uh, the alphabet mafia, has taken over as their own? And then to remind ourselves that all of this, all of our government, because when you bring something to the White House, you are saying we sanction, we bless, we endorse, we're great with this. But what do we do as believers? And I just wanted to remind us. Um, why God instituted marriage, because he is the one who set it up. He is the one who um, put that symbol of the rainbow in the sky, which is so unbelievably offensive that this is the flag. That's the one they took. And this is what they washed on the White House that day in bright colors. See, look, aren't we great? This is what we celebrate. And then to bring in vile drag queens that you can't even say on the show what they say, but it's out there. If you want to Google who they brought in, or uh, don't look on Proton Mail or DuckDuckGo. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then to finish up with the idea that God started government. This is all his idea. Yeah. And so either we go with him or it's chaos. And we're seeing the result Christ of chaos. not going. It's with, Christ or chaos. That's right. It's Christ or chaos. And so, and then when I was uh, did, did some media earlier in the week, I, I just was looking into the stats on marriage and the effect, because really, ultimately, we care about this for our children. Mm-hmm. And that's what really matters, is that it's marriage is the most anti-poverty, and I mean between a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, gay marriage is less than 1% of all, quote, air quotes, scare quote, marriages. Um, but anti-poverty, high education... Um, the most able to succeed in life are between a mom and a dad. And even though marriage rates have gone down and even though divorce rates are going down, which is good, that is God's design for the family. And it's the safest. And as a society, we are the most functional and flourishing when we operate within that design. And I just needed to remind me and remind everybody else that this is what we're doing, and this is why what Biden did at the White House was so unbelievably egregious. And and again, looking at it biblically, they took the rainbow on purpose. They took yes. the rainbow. There was a purpose to it, and it's basically mocking God. The Bible says God will not be mocked. Amen. And so they're throwing the rainbow up, saying, "Okay, well, well, why was the rainbow there? Well, the rainbow was there because God killed everybody, right? So you know, according to I think Ken Ham and a couple other people, there was four billion, four billion with a B people on the earth." Um, when the Noahic flood, that time period, when that happened, he killed 4 billion people when the flood came because they were wicked. Killed 4 billion people, saved eight, okay? Flood goes away. They end up repopulating the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, right? That command was given again. They did, <clears throat> but then the rainbow came, and the rainbow is the Noahic covenant basically saying that I will not, I will not judge using water, that's all he was saying. It's not that I won't judge you anymore. It's That's that right. I'm not going to use water as the judgment. I'll never flood the earth again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. But there is fire, right? Not to get all, you know, fundamentalist Baptist. Fire. You like fire. <laughs> but but there is judgment. And I, and I think part of the judgment is just what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Just having to see this stuff and be like, you know, like, you know, what you guys talked about with the, 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 the dolls and... Mm-hmm you know, dolls for, for three-year-old girls or transgender dolls with a book telling them that they, that they need to 
you know, figure out their gender identity or whatever and to talk to their parents or a school official or, you know, it's just like, is this real? Like, this is crazy town. This is clown world. Yeah. But but it's real. And and, and that to me is part of the judgment. I think Paul Washer is a a pastor I love. And he says, um, when you start to see the sins that are in Romans one, it doesn't mean that you're about to be judged. It means you're already being judged. Right. And so that is to a certain extent, the judgment. And I'll say this. It's just been another full hour of things that are going to get me in trouble. You will never have. So everyone's like, why don't we just leave the gays alone? Why don't we just, you know, it's not a big deal if they want to do it. But, but look, they, they are an angry mob and they will, they, you, you will be made to care. That is their thing. You will be made to care. Mm -hmm. So even if you try to ignore it and be like, okay, if the gay people want to get married, the gay people want to get married. They just want to do that. I just want to be left alone. They're not going to leave you alone. They want you to bless it. They want you to love it. They want you to like it. They want you to accept it. And until you love it, like, and accept it, they're going to be ramming it in your face. That's what I'm going to say there because it would have got weird, but it it would have been slammed in your face. And I believe very much just as if you are involved in a war and you do not have the Lord on your side, if you are not fighting a righteous cause in the name of God, you are not likely going to win that war. If you have a government who is governing in a way that is absolutely contrary to the word of God, you will never have flourishing under that government. And so we have a, so, so everyone's like, well, why don't you just, you know, conservatives just need to give up the, 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 the fight against homosexuality and perversion. We just need to give that up, which is the conservative mantra, by the way, right? They say, what do conservatives conserve? Well, conservatives conserve the last liberal victory. Right. That's where we always go. It's like, yeah. oh, well, they won that. We'll concede that. We'll concede. We'll concede. We'll, you know, the only thing they can serve is the last liberal victory. Mm-hmm. And that's our line. We're like, OK, because the left is way over here. And we're like, well, they did get this win. So we'll just that'll be our line. It's like, no, we need to go back over here. That's right. Right. And 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 our government, as long as it is blessing and sanctioning and giving the thumbs up to homosexual marriage, we will never have a free and flourishing country um, if our government is just be like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not saying that anything bad needs to happen to them, but I am saying that it's it's like the grown up letting, you know, things do whatever they want. The government to a certain degree gets to say what is good and what is bad. It gets to, you know, say what yeah, that's it. I mean, this is good, this is bad, this is healthy, this is not. These are the things that people should be doing, these are the things that aren't. People look to the government for that and when the government's like, "Yeah, no, this is good." I don't think that we will ever have a, a healthy flourishing society under that. And and there's a lot of free market people and everything else that are just be like, Oh, well, you know, individual Liberty, if they want to do that, that's fine. If they want, and it's like, yeah, I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, that's not the way things were set up. Sin is sin. That's right. I, I, that, I'm, I'm glad you just said that because I think ultimately we are all sinners. We have all fallen short. I am, I told you this earlier, I have a lot of gay friends that I love. I still am friends with a lot of my pageant friends. I, I love them. They're, they're hilarious. I enjoy them. However, um, I'm a sinner too, just in different ways. This is what God set up. This is his standard. None of us meet his standard. Yep. But to bless that sin and say that that is okay is not okay. But it didn't start with you or I. We didn't just invent that this is not good for society. No, God did. And we are seeing statistically what what we know is not good at all. And so I think that's important for people to remember because we all have those people in our family. We're afraid to talk about it. We don't want to offend anybody. But if we back up and we go, guys, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. But as Christ followers, knowing that it is the biblical worldview and that's the foundation for our society, we have to be um, very careful about what we say, oh, that's fine. Because you're right. Now we're standing on like this little piece of land, and this is all we have left if we're talking about our government and talking about conservatism. This is it. Because we keep giving it up because, I don't know, do we want to be liked? Do you want to be accepted? Like, what do you want? They're never going to be your friends. They're never going to give up. And so the book, um, that God wrote and that left for us is not an apathetic book. It's a book yeah. of action. And it is his story, but it is a book of action. And that's one of the things that um, I'm more and more reminded of as I get older is we are not allowed to sit idly by while things are just sailing off into the great beyond. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because we have such a great hope, we are very bold. And we'll be very bold in this because marriage is God's design. Amen. And it's it is, beautiful. And it's, it's beautiful and it is good, but it's the way he 
presented it as one man and one woman, and that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us today. Amy Beth, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for letting me come in. Absolutely. All right, guys, well, I'm going to say it again. We need you to join the fight. You'll see the opportunity to do that. Every single 1819 news article between the headline and the text of the article uh, will be a place where you can click to join the fight, sign up, become an 1819 news member. Again, you'll have access to special content we're creating. The the, the content that's up there right now for this month uh, is an interview I did with Greg Phillips as he got out of being unjustly jailed um, by the federal government for not giving up a source. Really, really incredible content. Really cool merch we're sending out, um, hoodies, hats, shirts, uh, all kinds of stuff. But again, that's not why you're doing it. We're asking you to support what we're doing financially because we're a nonprofit news organization for the people. We need you to join the fight so that we can continue doing the work that we're doing for you. All right, guys, until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.